Hello and welcome to episode Yarko Rutu of the Cosper Pointcast. I'm your co-host Trevor Shackles, joined as always by my fellow co-host Colin Cutmore. It's definitely great to be back. Huge thanks again to you, Colin, for taking on the Draft Debater series. Those were some fantastic episodes, but it's definitely nice to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, I really enjoyed really enjoyed recording that series. Had lots of great guests, and yeah, it's great to finally have you back, and our listeners can finally hear your luscious voice once again. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so to sort of wrap up everything with the draft debaters, um, obviously, you know, the draft probably isn't going to be until October or sometime around there, but um, when we started the draft debater series, there was a chance it was going to be in June, so we thought, okay, we might as well do it now. Um, and to wrap it up, Colin and I just thought we would it would be a good, a good and, and fun idea to do our own mock draft with a simulator. And luckily, if you haven't heard of it, uh, draftprospectshockey.com came out with a phenomenal simulator a few weeks ago, and it's super addicting. Um, so what's going to happen is we're going to sim all seven rounds of the draft except for the Sens picks. So that's going to be where Colin and I make all 13 picks for the Senators. Um, and if you haven't used this website before, I highly recommend it. Um, it doesn't have the updated um, picks, so like you have to sim the lottery uh, if you want to get the exact same format. So, like, for example, it, it just shows Detroit at one right now. But that, that's okay. It, it took us only a few tries to get to the exact uh, exact spot we wanted. Um, but, yeah, and obviously for, for the lottery a couple nights ago, it was definitely a bit disappointing to not get the first or second pick. But third and fifth is still incredibly good, especially considering their most likely outcome. The, the highest percentage they had on, on two of the picks was fourth and fifth. Um, and, you know, who knows, there's definitely a lot of volatility in, in the order after Alexi Lafreniere. Um, and then also, I should mention, we don't know where the Islanders pick is going to be. So that could change things in the end, too. It could be as high as 13th. Um, it'll be between 13th and 15th if the Islanders lose. And it could it, right now on the Draft Simulator website, it's at 21st. So we'll just go with the 21st um, this time I, I, around. I, there's even a chance that pick could not exist either if they win the draft lottery. Very true. For the next year, so yeah. And I mean, honestly, like even if that happens, that kind of sucks for you know like instant gratification. But there's a chance that they're like a lot worse next year, so that'd be yeah, fine too. I'd go for another sharks uh, tank and yeah, hopefully they can get another top pick out of it. Who knows how it would happen? But, exactly. Uh, I mean, that that could yeah. certainly happen. Um, yeah. Is there uh, is there anything else we should mention before we get started on this draft? Yeah, I think we're ready to go. Uh, I got some players picked out who I'm ready to debate with you on who I'm personally high on. So <laughs> I think we should just get started with a simulator. All right, let's do it. So to begin things off with the first pick is going to be the Vancouver Canucks. And so for, for this website, um, you can sort of toggle with the randomness factor and team needs factor. So I like to put randomness up a bit below, uh, sorry, a bit above average. And same with team needs factor of a bit above average just because there tends to be you know a bit of randomness and then also some teams that are gonna draft a bit for need even if they they say they aren't so um yeah that's what we'll start with and canucks are going first so we'll sim that no surprise alexi lafreniere okay now here is the interesting part the kings are picking second some people are saying i think cory promden was saying it could be 50 50 that it's either yeah. quinton byfield or tim stutzla um we'll see okay yeah for for it, it's been an interesting thing to watch and 
Yeah, I mean, Bob McKenzie's list had Tim Stutzla second overall, and you just hit the sim button, and it is Tim Stutzla second overall wow. to the Los Angeles wow. Kings. See, that is already a huge development. I, you know, we're definitely going with Byfield here. I don't think I even need to convince you, because I think both of us would be taking him at two, right? Oh, yeah, he is my queer number two player. Uh, just to talk a little bit about Byfield, I mean, he's he's a massive player. He's six foot four, but, like, He's no, like, stereotypical tall player. He has incredibly powerful skill set. Like, he's such a fantastic, explosive skater in the same way. Uh, you see people comparing him to Evgeny Malkin in that sense, that, that the way he just steps on the ice and dominates the game with his, his power and just his speed and his overall vision and the way that he uh, sets up his teammates and just has so much confidence with the puck on his stick. He... The sky's the limit for Byfield, so I'd be ecstatic to have him at second overall. I know some people even have him at first overall consideration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to get him at third overall, this is going to be a franchise cornerstone for the Sens, who I'd be extremely happy with at third or even second overall. But that's oh yeah, going with. that'd be insane. And I think the super interesting thing with him is that he's a big guy. Obviously, he's he's listed as six four, two hundred fourteen pounds, but that's not what makes him good you know like he's extremely skilled um very good playmaker so you know you hope that he could even grow into his body and become even better so yeah just like you said franchise player definitely taking him third overall um next pick is the red wings they, they could really go off the board here um i heard sam cosentino yesterday saying that he thinks they could be taking Cole Perfetti, which wouldn't be that much of a reach, but it's definitely higher than we've seen him on other mocks. So let's see who they take. Okay, Jamie Drysdale. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the the top eight or top ten even this year is so um, incredible to see just the depth of it because there's so many elite players in that sense that um, teams are really just going to go for the, whoever they prefer at the time because there's, there's so many unique skill sets and it's kind of hard to... Um, like as you mentioned with Cole Perfetti, like it, it would make total sense if they went with, with someone like Perfetti over uh, guys like Rossi and Raymond who are on the board still. Um, but Red Wings with with Drysdale, they get the number one defenseman for the next decade plus, and I mean the Red Wings have so many holes in their in their system right now that they could really yeah. use uh, help anywhere they can get it. So Jamie Drysdale at fourth overall, personally wouldn't would not have been my pick, but um, now it's time to make our pick because the Suns are up at yeah. fifth overall. So. Do you have any preference for who the Sens might take uh, fifth year? So just just for the listeners to um, hear some of the names. So some of the names possible are Marco Rossi, Lucas Raymond, Cole Perfetti, Alexander Holtz, and I guess even Jake Sanderson if you want to take him that high. Um, I love Rossi, but at the same time, um, he he is a center. He, he could probably go to the wing. Um, if Ottawa does take Byfield here, I think I'd be much more willing to take Lucas Raymond and I, I feel like that's where you're wanting to go as well yeah that's exactly my thoughts as well and even if they didn't take a center in in, in the byfield at third overall I'd still be clamoring for Lucas Raymond fifth overall he's my clear number three prospect on my draft board right now uh to me he is the best skater in the draft um bar none for me there are some great skaters in the draft class for, for in, I can enter that debate but for me that's Lucas Raymond he just has such a great straight line speed um, his agility is off the charts, and he can handle the puck at those top speeds too. It's not like Alex Formanton, who has the incredible speed but uh, still struggles with the puck handling. Raymond has all of that. And to me, I feel like a big underrated aspect with Lucas Raymond is just how underrated he is defensively too, and not just in like the typical defensive defenseman sense where 
he shuts down all the other players. He just gets the puck from wherever it is. And he can chase it down. Uh, he attacks them with, with, with his speed and determination. And he just gets it down the ice for his team. And he's been super effective that way. It's kind of tough looking at his point totals. Uh, he didn't score a whole lot this year. But it's mm-hmm. also there's a whole whole bunch of context that needs to be taken into account here. He didn't. Uh, he, he got totally shafted by his coaches. There's no other way of putting it to put it in uh, in the SHL this year. But he was playing uh, pro hockey in Sweden, and uh, he was excelling in the limited minutes he was getting. So um, he was my number three at the beginning of the year, and uh, he's still there for me now. Um, yeah, I'm ecstatic to have Lucas Raymond and Quinton Byfield on <laughs> the first yeah. line for the next. My gosh, that, that's, that's going to be quite the duo. I mean, if they get your second and third ranked players at three and five that'll just be absolutely insane um i think i think a more likely scenario is i feel like my gut my gut feeling is that they'll end up with stutzla at three but even stutzla and raymond that would be you know two amazing Mm -hmm. top picks up there um and yeah you you touched on an interesting point about his you know the lack of, of point totals and i'm pretty sure he was 13th in uh forwards on Ferlunda for average time on ice so mm-hmm. I, I think people definitely need to take his point totals with a grain of salt um what would you say to some people who look at uh you know Alexander Holtz and even Noel Gundler um and look at their point totals and you could say that they're better than Raymond's like what would you say to say to those people like why should Raymond be a lot higher um well, honestly, it, a lot of it does come down to semantics and in, in, in playing style. Holtz is definitely a, a, a very different player from Lucas Raymond in that he is the sniper of the draft class. Mm-hmm. But with Holtz, I do have a bit of concern with how um, with his with his uh, shot selection and just that he got some, so many of his shots came from outside of dangerous areas and from low danger areas that um, even though he does have this elite wrist shot um, that's better than anyone in the, in the draft that. It, it kind of makes me concerned for um, how that may translate. And same, similar with Noel Gungler. I mean, um, he also just doesn't have the same kind of wheels that Lucas Raymond has. And uh, um, But I, if you're talking just about point totals, it's just a matter of they got better opportunities. And Lucas Raymond, yeah. he, he was 13th in uh, time on ice, and he often was the 13th forward and would not even be playing on a line. He'd just get tossed in in a couple shifts wherever. And um, it, it's really tough to develop into those situations. And, and I, I see lots of criticism of Raymond, and... And uh, there's even been some, I think Scott Wheeler was saying on Twitter a few days ago about how uh, teams just don't seem as high on Raymond as yeah. uh, as, as the public sphere and how he could fall to even like eighth or ninth, which to me seems wild given his, his uh, how fast he is and how fast the NHL is getting and how well he fits into that. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, there, there's so much to love about Raymond and, and he's such a treat to watch and um, Raymond Byfield Kachuk, that'll be a... F- First line for uh, oh, yeah. the next. Oh, man. It's going to be so for, good. Um, and, to, and, and I think it's important to note, too, Byfield and Raymond aren't aren't like the most NHL-ready of the prospects. If they wanted an NHL-ready one, they would try to go after Marco Rossi. Um, yeah. And especially Raymond. I think Raymond, honestly, like if he spends the next like two years in the SHL, um, that might be the best for his development. But at the end of the day, like those are... I. To me, I mean, I obviously you agree as well. It seems like those are the best two players at three and five. Um, that would be the best case scenario, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm hoping for. I, I was asked this on Twitter a couple of days ago too, after the draft lottery, and this is exactly the best case scenario. So I'm glad we could uh, yeah live it out in the simulator. Exactly. All right, let's. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sim each pick individually. So like the ducks mm-hmm. are up next, um, and because 
Ottawa could be picking at 13th. I'm going to stop at 13th, and then we'll just talk about who Ottawa could have taken if um, the Islanders pick does end up there. So we'll go one by one. Um, so the Ducks end up with Marco Rossi. Okay. Mm-hmm. Devils end up with Jack Quinn. Wow, that would be definitely a bit of a reach. But yeah. I could see them doing that, you know, needing a goal scorer. Hey, and the, the Devils have taken so many players from the 67s in the last yeah. few drafts, too. That's it's, true. It's like the perfect... Perfect fit for them. I could see that, yeah. Buffalo next up. Jake Sanderson, I could see that as well. Needing, uh, yeah. well, they kind of need everything as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I see Cole Perfetti starting to follow off a bit. Yeah, so Perfetti and Holtz are the highest ranked guys next. So Canadians up at nine. They get Perfetti. Got another Cole in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> True. Now Blackhawks. I could see them taking Askarov here. They've taken Askarov a lot in the other Sims. So let's see. Yeah. Dylan Holloway, okay. At okay. 10. And then the Devils again at 11. Alexander Holtz. So that would be... I yeah. mean, that's pretty good getting Holtz at 11. And who'd they get earlier as well? It was Jack Quinn and Alex Holtz. Those are two oh, snipers. Yeah. The two that's... biggest goal scorers of the draft. So, wow, that would be interesting. Uh, Minnesota Wild at 12. Connor Zary. Okay, that would be a bit high. All right, so 13 is where the Jets are listed. But if the Sens were picking... So some of the highest-ranked prospects are Yaroslav Askarov, Anton Lundell, Hendrix Lapierre, Rodian Amarov, Caden Gooley, Dawson Mercer, Jan Mysak, and Seth Jarvis. So who who would you want? I, I feel like I know who you'd want to take, and I, I would probably similar too, but uh, just let the listeners know. So this has actually been a bit of an internal debate on my list for a while. It's, it's For me, it's between Anton Lundell and Seth Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And I, I, hopefully Seth Jarvis can, because I know he's ranked pretty low in, in, uh, in this, in, uh, the simulator system that I'm crossing my fingers that he'll be available at 21, but, uh, Anton Lindell is probably my guy. He's such a well-rounded prospect, which, um, is, may come off the wrong way at first because he's so defensively elite, but we can't ignore as well how, um, how great of an offenseman he is as well. And he has been able to score at phenomenal rates in against in pro hockey in the Finnish league over the past two years now as a 16 17 year old he was able to mm-hmm. uh, score at a, at a half point per game which, which was better than all, all which was a similar rate to Alexander Barkov did in, in his d minus one year as well so it can't be underrated how great Wendell is offensively he just makes so many great smart decisions he, he's just a smart player and that's yeah. what you look for in the top players as well, like like Lafreniere and Byfield. It's, it's, it's the smarts that really characterize their ability to be drafted And that's a very high. Sens pick, too. You, they love their responsible forwards. Yeah, and, and yeah, it, it's just a matter of we can't underestimate his ceiling either. And yeah. uh, he's a sec- second-best-ranked player here, and uh, can't be under... <laughs> he's also a bit of a stat sterling too, in, in terms of he was second in the entire Liga in Corsi percentage. Wow. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he did play on a strong team, but he was the line driver on his on his line in pro hockey so um okay. he, he'd be my pick i mean we aren't picking yet it's the jets yeah, we're on the not board. picking yet but it's interesting to think about the fact that they could get you know byfield raymond and lindell that would just be insanity so um mm-hmm. well i'll sim it for to see what the jets well, get for, first oh, did you yeah. did you have any different picks for who you, you take at 13 i think i would take him as well I, w- I definitely would have jarvis next i don't think he's gonna fall as far as 21 so like hopefully Ottawa can be picking in that 13 to 15 range. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would definitely be one of those two. Just Jarvis uh, seems incredibly underrated right now. Mm-hmm. But I see you made the sim for the Jets, and this mm-hmm. is quite the interesting pick. They took Yaroslav Askarov, who, along with Connor Hellebuck, I mean, well, 
that's going to be quite the yeah. duo going forward. Maybe a bit of a controversy in the goaltending crease. So. Yeah, exactly. Definitely not the team I would expect to to take him, but who knows? Uh, he could honestly like. I could see him being taken anywhere between like sixth and twentieth, um, but oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So Calgary's up next. Okay, so they take Anton Lundell. That would be a phenomenal pick where he drops decently mm-hmm. far. Next up, the Rangers, Dawson Mercer. I think he was nice. ranked fifteenth anyway, so that's about where he should be. Devils, Lucas Cormier. So third, third defenseman off the board. All right. Yeah. So that's. A bit higher than I've seen him other times, but mm-hmm. 16th. So I'll, oh, sorry, no, uh, Predators next. Ooh, Emil Andrea. Um, any thoughts on him? I, I, I feel like I've been pretty high on him. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a fan of him too. Uh, I actually, someone we might talk about earlier is Helga Grounds, and he's been kind of a comparable range for me. Uh, just very high, high octane offensive toolkit. He's a bit of a smaller guy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, he just sees the off- offensive zone really well. And uh, left shot defenseman. Um, what near a point per game clip in the super yep. elite league. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd be happy with him in this range for sure. Uh, he may, he may not be my personal pick. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly a great option. All right. So we're getting close to Ottawa's pick. So for the simulator, we have him at 21. We're at 18 right now for the Panthers. Panthers take Noel Gundler. Okay. That would be nice. one of my higher picks up there too. That's okay. So we're get, Jarvis we're still close. hasn't been taken yet. So we might get him here. Columbus at 19. Rody and Amarov, I can see yeah. that they they're not shy. Uh, they don't shy away from Russians. And man, Rody and Amarov as well. He's he's in a similar range for Jarvis to me as well. Yeah, in, in, incredible offenseman. Mm-hmm, for sure. Although I definitely can't see Ottawa taking him. I mean, I yeah. can't remember the last time they've even drafted out of Russia. But um, yeah, Oilers. Let's see who they take. Jan Myshak. Okay, so. So just for the listeners, so obviously like Colin and I can see the consolidated list right now. Some of the top players, Hendricks Lapierre is still there. Um, he's definitely a wild card in this list because of his injury histories. And he was kind of, didn't have a, a great draft season even when he did play. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Caden Gooley, Seth Jarvis, Braden Schneider, Tyson Forster, Brendan Brisson, and Maverick Bork. Obviously there's a few others as well, but I think we got to go with Jarvis, right? Oh yeah, so I can give my spiel on Seth Jarvis on why I'm so high on him, but he he had a bit of a quieter first half, and he really didn't explode until the second half of the season when he got put on that uh, on on the first line, and really really just took off. But yeah, I'm convinced he's the real deal. Uh, excellent skater, uh, and he handles the puck sort of like Raymond at a very high speed. So that would be two uh, fantastic right wingers in the sense system. Um, and he's also like again, which like all these smart players at the top of the draft, he's a dual threat player. He he can really score at a, at a high clip, but he also just sees the ice so well and and can dish the puck to his teammates and set up some great plays. And even even puck handling as well. Um, the more plays I see from him, just continu- continuously blowing me away with with how uh, quickly he can make his decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also worth noting that he is just another one of those stat starlings as well. Like I, I've. Uh, in writing about prospects this year, Mitch Brown, his tracking data has been quite the godsend this year for me. And uh, he ranks in the 99th percentile in the CHL for expected goals and in the 99th percentile for shot assists, which is like wow. <laughs> measures playmaking ability. I think the And he, he has a model as well for expected primary assists, and he's like 95th percentile for that as well. So, um, yeah, Seth Jarvis, he is the real deal. He scored over two points a game in like the final... 35 40 games the season so Mm -hmm. um, i think the crazy thing is that he's you know you're talking about how good of a playmaker he is 
yet in 58 games. He had 42 goals. So it's not even like he's yeah. just a playmaker. Like he can score as well, 98 points in 58 games. That's I, I honestly just don't know how he isn't ranked in the top 10. Yeah, I, I think it's just that he didn't really have much of the hype that guys like uh, Noel Gungler or Rodion Amarov, and even Jan Misak, who, who was playing in the Czech Pro League last year, or uh, yeah. got. So, um, yeah, him and there's a few other players who kind of rose in the second half, and Jarvis is being one of the biggest movers on the boards, and for good reason. For sure. Um, so, yeah, if that's their first round, getting Byfield, Raymond, Jarvis, oh, man, just I'm going to be ecstatic. Um, the- and the good thing is... Ottawa still has 10 more picks. So um, <laughs> I'm just going to, until I guess, so Ottawa picks 33rd next. I'll go one by one until then. After that, I'll just kind of sim um, yeah. between picks. But we'll the, go the one by one I, for now. Sorry? One thing I want to mention is is that uh, it'll be interesting to see how Drake Batherson thinks of this all because they got Lucas Raymond on the right wing and same with Seth Jarvis. And now yeah. that'll, that'll keep him set up for the next decade, but who knows how that will turn out. Right. Maybe... I, Maybe it's not the team meeting that Sens going are going for, but if we're going for like best player available, I think this is a no brain pick at least. So. But even I mean, they're still incredibly thin on the right side. Like the only guy I'm confident in being in the top six is Batherson. So it'd be kind of nice to get a couple mm-hmm. high end right wingers. True. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I- I'm team best player available. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is um, obvious to me. Okay, so 22nd for the Rangers, Hendricks Lapierre. Okay, you can see that. 23rd for the Wild, Caden Gooley, left-hand defenseman. 24 for Dallas, Martin Kromiak. Okay, so he's a bit of a riser there. 25th for Vegas, Jeremy Poirier, another left-hand defenseman. Yeah, he's, he's a guy I'm a fan of for sure. Yep, definitely. Uh, Flyers at 26, Maverick Bork. Okay, so oh. I was definitely a huge fan of him. Yeah, uh, That stings a bit. 27th for the Capitals, Braden Schneider, right shot defenseman. I think a lot of Ottawa fans were kind of looking at him either at 21 or 33 mm-hmm. um, just because he is that right shot. Any thoughts on him? Uh, I can't say I'm, I'm as convinced. I know some WHL scouts are definitely high on, on his defensive acumen, but it's more so a draft philosophy difference in that I, I, I personally tend to go towards the higher end offensive skill, which I think, think is just a much harder skill to teach. And while Schneider excels at the defensive aspects, and I mean, and like it's not like he's he's a lack. It's not like he had a lack of offense this past year either. But uh, it's really the defensive side that really sells him to teams, and and could maybe have him go. I th- I've seen him as high in boxes like the top fifteen. It's just just because yeah. defensemen are so that are so rare this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't say I'm as, I'm as convinced on him as, as a first round talent at this point. Yeah, same. I, I definitely wouldn't be taking him that high. Twenty um, eighth for the Sharks. Tyson Forster, okay, big goal scorer for uh, Barry. Colorado 29th, Ryan O'Rourke, another left-hand mm-hmm. defenseman. Yeah. So coming up, four four picks from now is Ottawa. So St. Louis at 30, Brendan Brisson, okay. I was definitely a big fan of him as well. He had, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 59 points in 45 games for the sh- uh, Chicago Steel. Um, I- I'm not as convinced. That team was loaded, uh... wasn't it? Oh yeah, they're loaded, and that's why I'm kind of not as convinced on Brisson. I mean, JD Burke might nail me for this later, but <laughs> because he's definitely quite the Brisson fan and spoke spoke good praise of him. But uh, to me, at least, he seemed like he was kind of the more recipient of playing on, on a good one. It wasn't really the play driver. He has an amazing one timer, and that's kind of what's what's selling him to teams the most. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I, I'm not as convinced of Rassan personally. Interesting. But I, 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 he, you're right, he scored at, at a really high clip this past year, so if someone wants to take a chance to him at the first round, then by all yeah. means. So. And maybe we'll be taking another Chicago Steel player later in the in the middle round, so we'll see. Um, 31st for the Ducks, Jacob Perot. Okay, oh, another high-scoring center. That's, that was that's close. A, that's a gut punch to me. I was hoping he'd fall. Yeah. So he had a really good year in Sarnia, 70 points in 57 games. Um. Yeah, it's just yeah. another one of those guys that could easily be like in the top twenty, right? Yeah, to me, it's a, he's such an amazing goal scorer with such fantastic instincts. In the same way that, in a similar way to that, Jack Quinn has such high end goal scoring building. I actually rate Perot a bit higher than Jack Quinn in that in that uh, area too, because uh, I mean Perot, he's such an explosive and fun player to watch as well. So, I was hoping mm-hmm. he followed a thirty three. Uh, we're really close, but yeah, it was really close. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay, right. so Red Wings are next. Pick. 32. In the second round. Zion Nybeck. Okay, interesting pick. Um, he, I can't imagine Ottawa would have taken him anyway because he's five foot eight. He put up gaudy numbers in the U20 league in Sweden, 66 points in 42 games. But Ottawa definitely seems to be shying away from smaller players. Um, so yeah. I don't think that was going to happen. But, yeah, who are... Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll go over some of the names just for the listeners. Um, yeah. For, for names that are at the top of the list right now. So there's uh, JJ Paterka, Marat Kusnudinov, Topi Nimala, Thomas Bordalo, William Wallander, Lucas Reichel, Ronnie Her- Hervonen. Is that how you pronounce it? R- Ronnie Hervonen, I'm pretty sure. Hervonen. Uh, Justin Barron. And I think it's worth mentioning another guy that I'm really high on, Helga Granz, uh, yeah. a right shot defenseman. So. Who out of these names are you interested in the most? So I'm in a bit of a pickle right now because I had a whole bunch of players prepared and they're all off, all off the board. <laughs> uh, Maverick Bork was taken. Jacob Perot was taken. Jeremy Poirier was taken. I would hope I was hoping he'd be available. Um, next on my list is Helga Granz, although there's some other mm. players here that I'd be happy with as well. Uh, John Jason Paterka. Um, I know there's quite the debate between him and Reichel as the top German. Uh, I know my my Silver Seven colleague Ari uh, Ari is uh, higher on Reichel, but I actually prefer Paterka. He has such a fantastic motor, and uh, um, and his uh, like looking at he 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 wasn't playing as much as Reichel either, so we didn't get quite the same opportunities. Hence why he wasn't scoring as much, similar to kind of Lucas Rainbow, but to a, maybe a lesser degree. But uh, yeah, he's just kind of got that that great motor plus great hands combo that's really exciting. So he'd be an option uh, if you scroll up a bit as well. Uh, who was the other guy available? Oh, it was Marat Kuznetinov as well, mm-hmm. who uh, um, Will Scouch was really praising on the Cost Per Point cast on the draft page on his episode. And um, it's one of those guys who was kind of snake bit in the first half, but they really turned on the Jets in the second, where he just sees the ice so well and, and uh, is so great at uh, carrying the puck on his stick through the neutral zone. He just has lots of confidence uh, with the puck. So um, I know... I'm a bit torn here. Even Roni Hervinen is 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 a guy I'm yeah. high on, but I think we might need to go off the board a bit here with a defenseman, and that will be on- how good Grans. Honestly, yeah, I I was 100 percent on that. I I'm glad you want to go with Grans as well because I was going to try to make my case for him. Um, so in this like consolidated ranking here, he's he's ranked at 46th, which <laughs> you know would be would be taking him 13 spots higher, but. Ottawa's next pick is, I believe, 49. Yeah, 49. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's going to be gone before that. And just just based on how many good 
high upside forwards there are in like the second to fourth rounds, I think it's worth taking a defenseman early on, like with their first second round pick. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm on this I'm on the same page as you there. Um, at, at this point in the second round, you could really make a case for. 50, 50 different players to be taken in, in this spot, probably. Yeah. Maybe that's I, an exaggeration, but there's a good right. case for Helga Grange there, too. And uh, I think just, what, just, what would you yeah. say, because I'm interested to hear your thoughts on uh, another right-shot defenseman from Finland, uh, Topi Nimala. Like, what do you what do you think is, is... Would it be worth taking him as well this high or no? Um, He's an interesting guy. Uh, I, I'm not as, as sold on his offensive upside. It, it's great that he was playing... Um, in Finland in the pro league this year against men. Um, but I honestly don't think that may have been the best choice for his development either. I think he would have maybe done a bit better playing in the U20 league in Finland and just dominating there. So it's kind of been hard to get a read on him um, in that sense. Um, yeah, but someone like Helga Granz, I'm just a, bit, a lot more sold yeah. on, on his overall skill set as a, same as an yeah, offensive I, player. I'd be ecstatic with him. He, he's six three two, so I don't expect he to follow much further in the in the actual NHL draft. So exactly, even though, yeah. E- even though he doesn't use his size to his advantage, it's it's definitely um, room for him to grow. So uh, mm-hmm. I I think are we are we in agreement on Helga Granz? Definitely, I was 33? that was my top guy for this one. So go on Helga Granz. All right. Um. So there's 16 picks between uh, Ottawa picks. So I'm just gonna go sim to the next one. I can list some interesting names that were taken. So let's see. Okay, so Topi Nimala went 41st to the Coyotes. Kuznetdinov went as well to the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much all the top guys went. So some of the top players available now, we have uh, Vasily, oh, how do you pronounce it? Ponomaryov? Vasily Ponomaryov, yeah. Ponomaryov, uh, center from Schwinnigan. Got Emil Vero, a left-hand defenseman. Shakir Mukmadulin, who is extremely, uh, you know, some people have him in the first round. Some people don't have him ranked at all. Casper um, Simon Tyvel, Ridley Grieg, Sam Colangelo, Pavel Novak. Uh, another right-shot defenseman in William Villeneuve. And there's even a goalie in uh, Drew Comesso. Comis- yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting players. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so this is actually the point in the simulator where I disagree a fair amount with her order. And watch those mm-hmm. top players you mentioned. I actually have in my third or even fourth round. So if you scroll up, I mean, Shakiri Mukabadu, and he's a guy I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think J.D. Burke on Twitter said yesterday that if there were 45 rounds, he wouldn't take him still. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's... He, he, there are some things to like, sure. He, he's a tall guy. He's, he's an okay skater, too. But I... If you look at his, uh, he and he played in the KHL this past year too. But if uh, his decision making is totally questionable, and I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not as convinced. And Emil Vero is another guy I'm not as high on as well. Actually, in a similar sense to uh, Topi Nimo, I'm just not as sold on his offensive upside. Yeah. Um, who's the guy you have that's at the very top as well? Uh, Ponomaryov. Oh, Ponomaryov as well. Yeah, uh, another guy who um, wasn't really the play driver on winning it. Kind of underwhelming numbers. True. Yeah, so this is the point where I've been doing these mocks quite a bit. You mentioned it's addicting. I've been totally addicted to yeah. this <laughs> over the past uh, month or so it's been out. And this is the point where I typically try and go off the board even more. We went off the board with Helga Granz a bit, but um, 
just just to talk about some of the guys that I'm interested in, Justin Sordiff is actually next on my list. Uh, he's down at 72 all the way on their list, which is mm-hmm, uh, yeah. quite a bit for 49th. And um, I, I, may, I might actually save him for a bit for later because I feel like this is the point where we can maybe wait a bit on him. Yeah, we can definitely wait on that. We can wait on something like Justin Sordiff. So yeah. uh, the guy I want to talk about is VT Mietinen. He's 61st in, in the rankings here. So a bit higher up, not as off the board. Um, but he, there, there, there's a good group of Finns in here, actually, that I'm, I'm pretty high on. There's uh, him, yes, there's Eventi, there's, UT, there's um, Kasper Pusuma Taival as well. And Mietinen is actually a guy that I have ranked at the end of my first round. Uh, he's an older player in the draft. He's actually one of the oldest players in the draft. Um, but his sheer volume of shots that he was taking uh, for uh, Espoo this year, um, it, I'm pretty sure he led the league in, in, in shots taken. Um, huh. And and it was such a, such a high clip that like comparable to any other junior league as well. He he was. I'd have to look at the actual numbers, but I just, I remember looking and he and he was, um, just getting pucks to the net from wherever he was, and he just knows how to get the pucks towards the net. He, he piles them towards the goalie at like an inhuman rate. Like it, it was like four or five shots on goal per game, or even <laughs> above that. And so that's enough for me just to um have him stand out statistically. And uh, he is personally my pick, but I'd, I'd be curious to hear who you, you are high on here. I'm definitely high on Mietinen. I know that, I forget if it was you or maybe like, I don't know, maybe someone else I follow on Twitter who was saying that uh, Junior A in Finland is just like extremely underscouted and they don't get, they should be mm-hmm. being yeah. drafted a lot higher. And that that's where Mietinen played this year. So he didn't play in the SM Liga, but he still put up 73 points in 52 games, including 42 goals just in insane numbers. Um, I think it's important to note too that he's pretty undersized at 5'9", 159 pounds. So it might not be a realistic pick for Ottawa, but for us, um, yeah, he would definitely be up there. I, I like yeah. to me, it's hard to differentiate between him and Simon Tyvel. Like, I don't know. They're both, they're both pretty similar in size, put up similar kind of numbers. Um, yeah. But I guess... I'm assuming Mietnin, like his, his shots on goal numbers were a lot higher then. Yeah, he was far and away the best shooter in, in the entire week. And and I, you, brought, you brought up a good point in that the junior, it's actually, they actually changed their name uh, just a couple weeks ago to the U20 SM Sarja. Uh, oh, wow. It's, it's called now. Uh, but yeah, they are actually pretty underscouted and undervalued amongst NHL teams. And I think Bob McKenzie's list has actually been um, a bit of a testament to that and, and lots of these junior A players, uh, VT Vietnam wasn't even in his top 93. He was an honorable mention. Wow. And uh, um, it's, it's the same case with a whole bunch of these other um, Finnish players who um, are, by the scouting community, are looked upon as, as these uh, high-octane players. And VT Mietinen, too, has been undervalued. Or, sorry, not Mietinen. Uh, Simo Taival has been undervalued as a playmaker throughout the entire year. He was, he was uh, um, at the beginning of the year, he was actually a pretty... Uh, common candidate for the first round before falling off a bit but um vt Vietnam is, is the guy that i'm highest on i'm pretty sure he led all these guys in points per game too so he's yeah. uh, um even though he is an older player i'm just sold on his skill set it's another right it's another right winger too so that's okay i mean you know what though so right now we're at 49th um things could change based on how the playoffs go or whatever but for the simulator we have ottawa at 49 52 and 55 so the only thing is I feel like it might be smarter to take Simon Tyvel just for this exercise because I feel like 
Mietnin should probably still be there. And then you can get both guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a decent strategy. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, again, it's two more right wingers to add to the system. But unless, I mean, so there's some other interesting guys. Like, what do you think about Sam Colangelo or like Theodore Niederback or even Daniel Torgerson? Yeah, some interesting names there for sure. Uh, Niederbach is a guy I'd probably be most interested there. Uh, he missed all of the previous season. Uh, not this past season, but the year before due to injury. Uh, yeah. But he he's another kind of like Simonte Valley, just a very shifty playmaker who uh, is playing center and, and was, was a driver on his line this past year. Um, but, I mean, some guys I'd be interested in. It's, it's weird. This is the range where I'm just really high on the wingers who are available. Uh, you got guys like Robier, another Finn in Roby Arventi who actually played pro hockey this year. Um, yeah. Uh, Aussie Wiesblatt as well further down. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like if we want to go with VT or not V, I, I, I keep getting them mixed up. Casper Simontaivo <laughs> first. I'm totally on board with that. Okay, let's let's go with Simontaivo um, for 49th. All right, and the Leafs get Vero. Red Wings get Ponomaryov, and we're up again. So, yeah, should we hmm, should we go with Mietnin or should we just even wait till the next one three from now? Ah, uh, let's just go with Mietnin. What, what okay heck? so we're gonna be stacked on right wing <laughs> which is fine um and then honestly niederbach still might be available after that so we'll yep. go with mietin in here and sim mukmadulin went to carolina Poor and then carolina. Comiso to the blackhawks so okay i know you're high on sort if i mean okay so ottawa's picking 55th here and they still have 64th after that, which yeah. sort of could be available there as well. Should yeah. we go for Niederbach now? Or we could even go for like Villeneuve, a right right shot defenseman. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll make a good case for William Villeneuve. Um, yeah. He is, he is um, there, are, there are kind of four big QMJ, QMJHL defensemen in this draft. There's there's him, Villeneuve, there, there's Poirier, uh, Cormier, and, and Justin Barron as well. So those are the four kind of big QMJHL guys, and out of all four, he had all he had all of them in point in uh, primary points for sixty minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the top scorer amongst them. There are definitely concerns about his skating, um, but uh, um, yeah, he, he's just a guy that is scoring at a clip that I am convinced that uh, he should he is he is worth a gamble at this point. So yeah, um, there was de- there was a clip that. I'm sure you saw it too that JD Burke uh, yep. tweeted out last night. That definitely wasn't great uh, showing his skating. He looked kind of sluggish, but uh, you know, like skating is a thing that can improve. It's not like it's impossible yep. to do. Um, it's probably worth the risk at this point, especially because there really aren't a lot of great D in this draft. Like the next highest one, I guess would be like Michael Benning. Um, and yeah. after that, like it, it's not great. So I, uh, yeah, should we just go with, uh, with Villeneuve then? I think so. We'll take a second okay. defenseman. All right. So we've got Villeneuve and Grands on the right side. Okay, so going to sim all the way to 64. Okay, so Niederbach got taken. That's all right. So some of the other highest guys are right wingers, Sam Colangelo and Pavel Novak, left <laughs> winger Roby Yarventi, Zade Wisdom on the right wing, Tyler Cleveland, who I think we're both pretty low on, left mm-hmm. defenseman. Uh, there's also Wiesblatt, Yarmer, Pitlick. Um, yeah, should we just go with Surtif? So I'll, I'll talk a bit about Surtif because I've actually been pretty high on him 
Um, he, I, at this point, I have him in my first round, which may seem a bit wild to some people, but I think it's also worth talking about uh, the tracking data again. Uh, I mean, he, he is... Um, he did score under a point per game, but if you look at his expected goals numbers, he was uh, um, in, the, in the 95th percentile in the CHL for expected goals. Mm. And I, th- I believe he was in like the 85th for uh, expected primary assists. So those are still fantastic numbers for draft-eligible players in the CHL. Yeah. And uh, I, he played for, I believe it was Vancouver, the Vancouver uh, yep. uh, Vancouver Giants. And he had a 64% Corsi percentage, which is, the, um, I think, second or third highest on his team. But like that's... All the way up at the, near the top of, of the um, of the uh, CHL as well in terms of just relative impact as well. So um, I, I, I'm I'm high on Sordiff. He's uh, took on some big responsibilities this year. Um, yeah, and it's another sentiment as well. So we aren't taking another right winger. So it's true. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, just so people can think it think of it in their head, uh, we're at we're at pick sixty four right now. So beginning of the third round, they do have another one at seventy four, which is the Jets one. Um, so, I mean, yeah, for this one, Sertif is ranked 72nd, so I think mm-hmm. it's probably too big of a risk to not take him right now. Um, and well, yeah, you're right, like, are, are there a lot any... of the other guys ranked higher are right-wingers, so I feel like we should just go with the center. Yeah, are, are there any other guys that you're high on here who you'd, uh, personally I mean, I definitely like Yarventi, Calandrolo as well, um, and, and Wiesblatt too, mm-hmm. Alexander Passion. Uh, a Russian right winger, but yeah, at this point we have kind of loaded up on the right side, so I'm definitely fine with going going for the center. Totally, I'm I'm right with okay. you there. All cool. right, so picking him at 64, and look at this! Wow, so Roby Yarventi is still there at 74, a left winger, oh, which damn. we haven't drafted a natural left winger. I feel like that's an obvious pick, right? Yeah, for me, that's an obvious pick. There's some other guys here who might be worth consideration. Um, Emil Heinemann is a broke on us seen this year as a great yeah. playmaker. Uh, Dylan Peterson as well is a guy that um, I'm personally not as high on, but I know that if you listen to uh, um, Derek Neumeyer, his, his take on Peterson, I mean, there's definitely um, a raw skill set there that could have some high potential. Uh, but yeah, Roby Arventi at 74th in the third round. To me, that's, that's a no-brainer pick. Yeah, that's a steal for me, too. Um, just for a reference, so Yerventi had 38 points in 36 games. In So the Mestis, that's the league below SM Liga, correct? Yeah. Or the, yeah. So that, that, that's the league below. Yeah, that's the league below. So it's like the, the Elspenskin, but for Finland, which is still oh, no, no, you know, no. a pretty good league. The Mestis is a pro league, so he was playing against men this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. that's pretty impressive. So yeah. we're going with him at 74. So now I got a left winger. So our next pick is at I think ninety five. Yeah, yep. at ninety five. Okay. So getting a bit lower here, we have some interesting guys like center Tyler Tullio, uh, Jack Finley, Dmitry Ovchinikov, uh, Rory Currens, Brandon Coe. I know you're high on him. Brock Faber, right shot defenseman, might be an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan Sabrango, Christopher Seedoff, uh, two left left shot defensemen at the end there. Yeah. Um, and of course, yes. there's some other guys they might be higher on. Oh, I'm just seeing Tristan Robbins as well. Yeah, I'm always Tristan surprised Robbins. with how low he's ranked. So, yeah, I don't know who do you who do you kind of have your eye on right now? So I think Ryan Francis has been taken, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I think uh, that did he? Let's see. He, he's he's yeah he's he's 83rd ranked. So yeah yeah he was taken. Okay yeah. 
Um, yeah, so there's a few guys. Um, let's see. Brett Rudd was taken to... Uh, mm-hmm. so, so the next on my list is Tristan Robbins, as he mentioned. And he's a guy who's really been rising kind of post the end of the season just because some guys <laughs> have, have been realizing, going back to the tape, realizing, hey, this guy's pretty good. Uh, not many yeah. people not many people like to watch Saskatoon, but uh, his, point per, his points per game was similar to Kirby Doc, which is like yeah. quite the comparison right off the bat. But the thing with Tristan Robbins is that he has a very well-rounded skill set as a, as a dual-threat smart off- offensive player, which you think would actually like be worth like first-round consideration. But, um, I mean, his flaw is that he is a 5'10 player. I know we've taken some small guys already, but the thing with, with uh, um, Robbins is that he kind of does show his, his size quite a bit. He, he, he tends to get knocked off the puck quite a bit um, and uh, has, has a bit more trouble with things like uh, zone transitions and carrying the puck on his stick. But these are all things that haven't really held him back from scoring that much in, uh, in the WHL this past season. So he is my pick. The other guy I'd, adv- I'd advocate here for is is Brandon Coe, uh, who played from North Bay and was was on an awful awful team this year, and he's kind of the opposite of, of Robbins, where he uh, um, is a six three player and and he uses his size pretty well to get around uh, defenders and such. So uh, mm-hmm. Coe was actually ranked higher than Robbins. So, uh, but I don't think the Sens' next pick is till quite a bit later. So, yeah, definitely Coe. I could see Ottawa taking him because he is that big body, kind of that that power forward. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely high on Robbins as well. I would love getting also like Tolio or Ovchnikov. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like I feel like the play here is is Tristan Robbins. Yeah, and we get a centerman too. He could shift yeah, to the I wing. Think that works. Uh possibly, but uh yeah. Are we going to go yeah, with Tristan I mean Robbins? getting three centers and who do we get? Byfield, Robbins, and Sertif. Like that would just be very good for their center depth. Yeah, and two of them in the WHL as well, so... Yeah, okay, there. so we'll take him there. Send him to the next pick, which is all the way down to 152. So now we're definitely getting... Like, the top 10, I'm pretty... Um, you know, I, I know most of the guys. Um, I can't say that I've scouted every single one, obviously, but once we get to the last three picks in the last couple rounds, it definitely... It's uh, definitely a, a lot more difficult, so I'm going to kind of leave it to you for some of them are there are there any guys that you're high on uh in these last final rounds here so sim the simulation has not been very nice to me because they've taken a lot of my my favorite picks so they, they took Yusuf Mayanpa, who's a small guy uh they mm-hmm. took uh, they took Alex Laferriere who scored quite a bit at the beginning of the season it's just an interesting player um they took Dmitry Avchinikov so to me the guy yeah, so once we get to these rounds, it's kind of like just take a flyer on who you until you like. The rankings don't really yeah. matter as much, and uh, so I'll just talk about a couple players. Um, the one actually at the top here is Ethan Edwards, who played in the AJHL, which is a very uncommon league. But um, I, I haven't actually Scott. I, I haven't watched him at all <laughs> besides just a couple of highlight clips. So <laughs> it's my my mentioning him here is just off the basis of some other scouts actually. Uh, he was mentioned in the Cosper podcast. Uh, we'll just play you a little clip of it here. Played for Canada West at the World Junior A Challenge, and frankly, he looked multiple levels ahead of of Michael Benning, who was on the same team playing the same role. Ethan Edwards was just better, and I'm not saying that we're going to decide which person slots higher based on one uh, World Junior A Challenge, right? And we still have Michael Benning higher than Ethan Edwards. I'm just using that as a comparative tool. 
And I just, I like so much of his game. He's going, he's part of that ridiculous Michigan recruiting class. He's got really great offensive instincts, uh, loves to join the rush, loves to lead the rush. And a big part of what we're doing with Ethan Edwards here is we're projecting what he's going to be in three, four, five years. And he's so far away from having filled out his frame that we're, we're barely scratching the surface of what this kid can be. And I think that as he adds muscle, and he's going to a perfect environment, uh, you know, in the NCAA where they don't have as many uh, games per se as the the Canadian Junior Leagues or whatever. Uh, he's going to have a great opportunity to train there, play in a really great environment for his type of game. Sorry, it's the Spruce Grove Saints um, that he plays for. And I, I think that this kid's got a really bright future. Yeah, so he, he plays in the AJHL. Um he, he, he played in the CJHL Top Prospects game, and that's where kind of people started to discover him, where there was some, there was also Michael Benning there, and Ethan Edwards was playing alongside him and just seemed to stand out and drive play a lot more. So um, he'd be a guy I'd advocate for there, possibly. Another guy is Brady Burns, who is, again, another guy that, like, just scouts seem to be raving about, especially in the QMJHL. He's just a speedy little guy, and I have a soft spot mm-hmm. in my heart for speedy little guys. So... Um, <laughs> He'd be someone else I consider there. I believe he was he's, taken earlier, wasn't he? Oh, was he? I think I saw his name. Yeah. He, he's ranked one. He's ranked a uh, one hundred seventy second. If you can find him on the right side. Let's see here. One seven two. Yeah, I think he was. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Ah, Brady Burns is still there. So yeah. Um, if you and want to also, did you mention Xavier Simino as well? I have not yet, but he could be someone to take even later in the draft, too. Uh, another speedy small guy. He's an overager. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, um, a leading scorer, I believe, on his team. He's also just a good leader in general. He was he, he was captain as well of his team. Uh, but yeah, uh, a speedy small guy who scores a lot. And those are the kind of guys that I have a bit of a soft spot for. So Yeah, um, same. <laughs> so, anyone you'd advocate for here? I mean, yeah, like I like Simino. I'd be cool with Burns as well. There's there's really only like a couple guys that I'm gonna gonna be interested in. Um, I I'm intrigued at the possibility of Blake Biondi. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a guy out of high school. He had 76 and 76 points in 25 games. No mm-hmm. idea how that's gonna translate, but you know, just anytime someone has those kind of gaudy point totals, it kind of it's it's a bit interesting. So yeah. he might be a guy. High school is such a weird thing to scout. Totally, yeah. There's some guys who are like, you know, I played high school hockey. It's not like, uh, <laughs> you know, I actually there was yeah there was one guy I remember playing against. I, I think it was a first round WHL draft pick in high school. Like that, you know, that just be so weird playing against guys who were like, you know, A two players or whatever. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, is there anyone you really want to advocate for? Because I'm totally fine with anyone. Yeah, you mentioned Xavier Cuno. I'd say go for it. Let's just go all, right. all in. Go Let's all all in, on, all in on the small boys. We got to scroll down really far. He was like 200, uh, 221 first. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, eighty nine points in sixty one games. Uh, pretty good. Even his draft year uh, last year, he was just under a point. Er, he actually may, might have been at a point per game. So yeah, so he, surprising he was, that he wasn't taken. He was actually invited to the Leafs development camp last year too. So he's getting some oh, interest wow. from NHL teams. So interesting. Um, okay, and then right after that, 158, just six picks later. Um, yeah, is is there like a defenseman that you've been interested in? Uh, well, Ethan Edwards is the guy that... Did he get picked, though? Um, 
don't think, I don't so. think no, yeah, he did not get picked. So let's Ethan Edwards him, is the guy. So I'll just go Ethan Edwards. One ranked 148. All right, so we've got a left shot D. And I think this is our last pick at 185. Um, Brady Burns is still there. Oh, Anyone man, he else? is. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, all the way down at 256 is Benjamin Ooh. Baumgartner. Oh, yes. Um, he's a double overager. Um, right. And but he was he plays in the NLA in in Switzerland. He, he's actually an Austrian uh, player, but he's playing in in uh, Switzerland. Uh, but yeah, he seems to have good a good baseline for skating. He scored at a, at a good clip against in pro hockey. Uh, he 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 would play in the AHL next season, so that would help and would be a second overager. Um, but unless you want to go for maybe a goalie or something, he he's the guy that I'd advocate for. I mean, I wouldn't really want to go for a goalie unless it was like someone in the second round or something like you know someone with a lot of upside like commiso or something but um why don't yeah why don't we go with Baumgartner? that's someone who can play in the ahl belleville's gonna be a bit decimated next year with some guys being called up to the nhl so yeah let's go for it wait is brady burns still there though okay we can yeah we can go for burns too i think like honestly is 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 the is the risk i'd be more willing to take here sure because both guys um yeah. yeah, both guys I, seem like they have a bit a bit of upside, so I like that. Yeah, honestly, Burns is someone I, I'd I'd go. I would have. He was someone I strongly considered two rounds ago with uh, the other picks. So. Okay. Uh, all right, so that is all thirteen picks. So I'm gonna recap what the haul we got here. Wow, and I think this went almost as well as it could have been for us because you know sometimes. You know, maybe Granz gets taken before he won or Jarvis does. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think this is like best case scenario. Okay, so at number three, Quinton Byfield. Five, Lucas Raymond. 21, Seth Jarvis. 33, Helga Granz. 49, Casper Simon Teibel. 52, VT Mietnin. 55, William Villeneuve. 64, Justin Sertif. 74, Roby Arventi. 95, Tristan Robbins. 152, Xavier Simino. 158 Ethan Edwards and 185 Brady Burns. So just to to quickly recap um, for the position wise, we have four no five centers actually, um, one left winger. Unless you want to, yeah, we're gonna count Raymond as a right winger. So uh, and then there's one two three four four right wingers, one lefty <laughs> oh. and two right D. So that's pretty pretty even honestly and that that kind of addresses all the needs that they have yeah drake batherson's got to get uh gotta be a bit scared right now <laughs> with all the right wingers <laughs> with all the right wingers they're taking but oh hey these 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 lots of these were no-brainer picks in my mind so i'm, I'm happy with how yeah. this turned out i mean on, like honestly what would you do if this was the draft i mean they're definitely going to be taking some off the board picks they always do especially like yeah. in the middle rounds there's going to be some weird players but there's going to be some some really uh, really good picks in here as well. So if something like this happened, like what would you what would your state of mind be? Oh, I'd be transcended to another universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be high as a kite. Oh, that would just uh, be absolutely insane. But yeah, if even if it turns out half as good as this, I mean, they they'll probably have the best draft in the NHL out of all the teams. Just with, just with the amount of picks they have. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of hard to go wrong, so definitely. And just just quickly before we wrap up, um, I'm curious on your thoughts. I, I think I know what they are, but just to get you to 
say to the listeners, um, thoughts on like trading up and or trading for um, NHL, like young NHL players, guys who are like, you know, under 25. What are your thoughts on that? Um, trading for young guys, I just don't see as there's much point to it. Uh, trading up, I, I could possibly see in the right scenario if they end up picking a player that I like, <laughs> I could yeah. get behind it. Uh, last year's trading up was, was something I definitely did, did not agree with uh, for, uh, who was it? What's his name? Sogard. Matt Sogard, of course. Um, yeah, that, that was a bit odd. So hopefully they don't do that again. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd even advocate for trading down. If you want to use this draft simulator tool, there actually is an option for trading. I, mm-hmm. I've had some good fun with it too and trading down and trading down and getting like 50, 60 <laughs> picks before. So <laughs> if, if you if you have too much time on your hands like your, like myself, then uh, maybe you can have some fun with that. So um, yeah, we, we personally didn't want to use it in, the, in this uh, simulation because uh, I, I like keeping the amount of picks they have and just maybe get, gauging how uh, how good they could do. But yeah, this is the best case scenario, I think. So I'm happy Definitely. with how it went. Yeah. And um, yeah, honestly, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure the only thing is, you know, we got to wait till like October or whatever it is when the draft will be. So it's definitely gonna be a long wait. I'm sure we're going to be doing these s- simulations a lot. Um, but yeah, and uh, in terms of the next episode, we're not totally sure when it'll be or, or what we're going to do. But there'll be things to talk about um we'll probably bring on some guests uh things like that and just if i could briefly do a a bit of self-promotion here i'm actually going to be starting uh, a youtube channel as well called the hockey shack um that's just going to be more nhl stuff um there might be some some occasional specifically ottawa things but um yeah just talking about nhl things um you know looking back at previous drafts um looking at historical things current day things stuff like that so um, yeah, if you want to check that out, I'll probably have a video up, my first video up within the next week or so. So, um, yeah, Colin, anything else? Yeah, I mean, tune into Silver Seven Cents as well. Um, we've yeah. got plenty of interesting stuff going on there. I actually have a, a couple of new series in the works, so look out for that. It should be very interesting. So, um, yeah, I hope everyone's staying safe. Um, it, it is still uh, tough not having hockey back, but it's on the horizon, hopefully safely, first of all. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure what what next episode will be, but uh, if you have any ideas, feel free to shoot us a message at CP Pointcast on Twitter or even just on any other uh, either of our handles. We're always open to talk about this kind of stuff. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. As I wrap it up, reminded that you can find the Cost Per Pointcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, and you can rate and review the podcast on those platforms as well. You can follow me on Twitter at ShackTS, and you can follow Colin on Twitter at CudmoreColin and read his articles at Silver Seven Cents. If you want to submit a listener question for an upcoming episode, send us a message at CP Pointcast on Twitter, where you'll get any updates about the show. Thanks for all the support. That's all for today. Adios. Mm-hmm.